Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With that, I congratulate Joe, his family, and everybody involved in his youth and, and anybody that's ever touched this young man in any of the sports that he's played. Certainly done a wonderful job, and I'd like to introduce to you Joe Maurer. Up the middle and a leadoff base hit. His first major league hit, and it starts the bottom of the ninth. And they are rocking Ridley Field. The Cubs have gone ahead in this series, two games to one, on a masterpiece from the young Mark Pryor. A two-hitter against the Braves. Welcome back, Minnesota Sports Rewind, where we dive into prominent Minnesota sports events, games, trades, moments, Mackie, Judd, Declan, and gentlemen, this episode, and there's there's, there's like 20 episodes for y'all to binge on the Minnesota Sports Rewind feed, but we're going to officially adopt Minnesota Sports Rewind on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed as well, so you can find it uh, as part of the Mackie and Judd show every week. And also, if you want to just have all of the episodes in one feed, subscribe to Minnesota Sports Rewind, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. But we're going to go back to June 5th, 2001. That's right. We're going to go back 19 years ago this week, basically. Or last week. Sort of like late yeah, close last enough. Week. You're close enough. We're in there. Roll with it. It sounded good. My, uh, my DeLorean is It sounded like we were doing something right on time. Yeah. Totally coincidental that we almost nailed the date of this, by the way. <laughs> so the Minnesota Twins had the number one overall pick. And this episode is all about the choice that they made. Joe Maurer drafting the local boy from Creton Durham Hall, one of the best high school players in the country. Sweet swing, Phil Mackey. The Joe Maurer quick swing. Did you guys ever use the Joe Maurer quick swing? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Probably because I didn't have a quick swing. <laughs> Straight well, up. It was supposed to help you, Declan. Straight up. I was no, just bad at baseball. I was too old for that. The quick so swing would have been would have been better if it was clear, right? If you could see the ball sort of traveling. Yeah, through. or just you know swing mechanics. Look at you guys you know. now just ripping apart poor Joe and no, his it's dad, fine. His whole family. I, I am admitting that I suck at baseball. I just I I wanted to be Joe Mauer. Are you kidding me? I want to hit singles. Would, that sounds great. Would Joe Mauer's quick swing have if you would have showed uh, young Josh Donaldson when he was trying to revamp oh. his swing to use the quick swing? I don't know if that chop quick to the ball thing would have worked, but. but but the Twins made the decision to draft Joe Maurer number one overall instead of phenom uh, top college arm Mark Pryor, I believe, went to USC yes. for his college baseball. He did. And it was at the time, it was, I think, you know, I think in Minnesota, it was kind of a celebration of, yeah, Joe Maurer, he was maybe going to go play football at FSU. But there was also a lot of follow up questions about, oh, but wait a second, did you just like draft a local kid because he's local and he's cheaper? cheaper? Should you have maybe have drafted Mark Pryor over here? Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into a bunch of key questions in and around this. But to set the scene, the Twins do select Joe Maurer. 
He receives a $5.1 million signing bonus to be the number one overall pick. Mark Pryor received a $4 million signing bonus. So the Twins paid a higher signing bonus to Joe Maurer. But Pryor also came along with a five-year, $10 million guaranteed major league contract straight out of college. And and he pitched a little bit. Mark, so Mark Pryor was just like major league ready right out of the gate. Right. He was just ready to play. Right. He made nine starts in the minor leagues in 2002 and then was up with the Cubs later that season. So they just they put him in the minors to get his feet wet, and he dominated, and then he was just a major league pitcher right away in 2002. Um, so real quick, Judd, what do you remember? Do you remember the surroundings? Because you, were, you weren't covering the Twins, but you were at the Star Tribune. Like, yeah. What was kind of the word from what you recall from the Royces and, and the Jim Suhans, et cetera? The, the immediate Lavelle. assumption, I think, among a lot of people who had a voice about the pick was, man, are the Twins cheap? Like, I'm sure Joe Maurer's a, a nice player, but keep in mind, too, Mark Pryor, was basically seen as a sure thing immediately. And he was. So, so, so he was. the fact that the Cubs uh, fast-tracked him like they did was part of that plan. No surprise. So whomever got Pryor was going to do that. That, that was part of the uh, mandate. And, in fact, Pryor's dad got into screaming matches with, with the Twins because the Twins wouldn't say that they were definitely going to draft his kid first. And then he said, well, then just don't draft my son. You're a bunch of cheap SOBs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I remember that there was, aside from from the locals who just liked the, the fact that the kid from Creighton, Durham Hall, had gone uh, first overall in that draft, there were a lot of people with a voice about the pick who thought that this was the team being, again, at that time, incredibly cheap. Yeah. Um. So here's my first key question. Let's just jump right into this. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this question out, and then I have my strongest take on this, and you guys can cut me apart if you want to. The first key question is: Would the Twins actually have been better off drafting Mark Pryor than Joe Maurer? And, I, and let me explain this, okay? Oh, I get it. Joe Maurer. I have a follow up question to your question, but I okay. get it. Joe Maurer very clearly had the better career. He had when it's all said and done, Joe Maurer might be a Hall of Fame baseball player. And Joe Maurer is one of the greatest twins of all time. Twins Hall of Fame, 300 hitter, one of the greatest on-base machines of his era and in his position, and also one of the best defensive catchers of his era. Yep. All these things. like it, Joe Maurer's 10-year run as a catcher from 2004 through basically 2014, outside of one clunker season in 2011, is one of the great 10-year runs of a catcher in Major League history. And then he had the the, the first base era to wind down his career kind of and it kind of taints his career a little bit, injuries and stuff. So there's, I am not arguing that Mark Pryor had the better career. Joe Maurer had the better career, period. But the Twins from 2002 through 2004 had some really, really good teams that just needed like one extra thing to get over the hump in yes. the American League playoffs. Yes. Joe Maurer didn't even come along until sort of the end of that period. Joe Maurer was not a part of the 2002 Twins. He was not a part of the 2003 Twins. 2004, he played for a little bit, got hurt, and I believe it was... Uh, Slipped on the uh, warning track behind home plate and ripped up his knee a little bit or hurt his knee. Right. So they had, what's his uh, backup catcher guy who hit like Henry 200? Blanco. Henry Blanco. Blanco. So from 2002... Hey, great defense. Great catcher. What are you guys talking about, man? Was. Tools he's, of ignorance fit him well. He's a great defensive catcher. From 2002 through 2004, the yep. Twins had a really, really good team and they had Johan Santana, but they yeah. just like they never really had 
Liriano didn't didn't come along until 2006. Over that three-year stretch, Mark Pryor, from age 21 through 23, was one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. Mark Pryor posted ERAs of 332, 243, and then 402 in 2004, which was still well above league average. It was steroid era. And he led the he led the major leagues in strikeout rate in 2005. He finished third in Cy Young voting in 2003 and was an all-star, went 18-6. and six. Would the Twins have won a World Series with Mark Pryor and Johan Santana somewhere between 2002 and 2004? And I think the answer might be yes. So your question... I th- they beat the Yankees in a game in 03 and 04 with Johan and like Kyle Loesch, basically. Much like a, a court of law, I think your question has to be put in the parameter of what you're asking exactly, which is... Over the entire extent of the career, was this the right pick? Or are we talking about in the scope of a four-year period where Mark Pryor probably, dare I say this as well, used correctly, not abused because he was abused by the Cubs. Mark Pryor used correctly in that rotation in the period that you're talking about gives you, if they wouldn't have won a World Series, they would have had a far better chance if you had immediately plugged him in and paid him. But make no mistake, the ultimate answer to the question is the Twins never had any intention of paying Pryor what he wanted. So so that's the interesting thing about this Rewind episode is we're almost talking about something that, in my opinion, couldn't have happened because the Twins wouldn't pay him. But if we're talking, but if we're talking about going for it, so let's just let's throw everything out. How we feel about Maurer, uh, Pryor got hurt. I get that, but let's throw all those things out and let's just go with: Would the Twins have won a World Series in the time of Mark Pryor's career with the Twins? Because we know that they didn't with Joe. I think the answer is there's a very good chance that rotation would have been really damn good. Dude, they're they're really good. They would have had, so Johan Santana uh, became a starting pitcher in 2002. Uh, he he started like actually 2002 2003. Johan was kind of this hybrid. Like he started 15 to 20 games and came out of the bullpen a little bit, and they were just trying to limit his innings. Mm-hmm. But he was a starting pitcher in the playoffs in 2003. By 2004, he was just flat out the best starting pitcher in baseball, basically. It was him, and there might have been a couple other candidates. And Mark Pryor was in a list of the top five there as well. And Kerry Wood with Chicago. So your rotations would have been, in 2002, you would have had, by the time the playoffs rolled around, if you wanted, you would have had Johan Santana, Mark Pryor, and Brad Radke as like your number three starter Mm -hmm. going in Mm -hmm. against that Angels team. In the American League Championship Adam Kennedy, Series, baby. Uh, that wasn't quite the Joe Mazier. That was 2001. Yeah, Adam Kennedy with he's got the like, only two home three home runs of his life. Basically. Freaking rally monkey. You had the you had Rick Reed in the mix at one point, but he was kind of but it, but it would have been centered around Johan Santana, yep. Mark Pryor, yep. and Brad Radke For, in a playoff series. Yes, that's pretty damn good. And Joe Nathan as the closer. Something else to note, though, when the Twins made that draft pick in 2001, they were coming, like, there's a reason why they were picking number one, because mm-hmm. they were terrible. So they weren't exactly thinking with that draft pick, boy, we're just one, if we can just get a, this right, last but, piece of the puzzle. But your your question now comes back, at this point, to be a really intriguing one. Would they have, within that scope of that time period that that we're talking about, would they have won a World Series? And you just gave me a rotation going back to 2002. That would have made you in a playoff series pretty damn formidable. Declan, what do you think? 
I don't think so. I don't think they win a World Series with Mark Breyer. I think I look at the one year that he was really, really good in 2003, where he was a third in Cy Young voting and, and was dominant. That was really only the one season. And I know they got screwed because of Bartman in a big way. He played a, a large part in that. But I look at all those Twins teams, and I don't know if just Mark Pryor is the reason they were able to get over an ALDS against the Yankees or get over the ALCS against the Angels. I think there was far too many things at play that Mark Pryor wouldn't be able to solve and get them over the hump. You look at some of the. I like their chances. I, I, I honestly, I, really like I, th- I think they would. Like, I, I mean, it's hard. It's impossible to say because, like, right. we had to go back. But it is funny. The other, the other part of this argument too is if the Twins would have drafted Mark Pryor, like we're sitting here having this conversation, saying, "Well, his he was a ticking time bomb, and his arm would have blown up in 2006." That's not necessarily the true. Twins almost criminally the other way. Were were very very cautious with pitchers. I mean, right. we brought up Johan Sant. They limited Johan Santana's innings. Johan Santana was ready to be a starting pitcher in 2002, and they limited him until 2004. And even in 2004, it was, like Johan wasn't out there throwing 120 pitches every single outing. Dusty Baker basically said, "All right, uh, this is probably my last shot. I'm old." Well, yeah. And Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor are yeah. both awesome, and the Cubs haven't won a World Series in a hundred years. So let's just let's do it. Just throw them out there, Dusty. See should, what happens. Should we go to the bullpen? Nah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so this is these are Mark Pryor in two thousand three. These are Mark Pryor pitch counts down the stretch. Okay, this is his first full major league season in two thousand three, and Mark Pryor is throwing. 116, 118, 100, 116. It's not funny. I'm sorry. Then we get to September. These are Mark Pryor's pitch counts. 131, 129, 109, 124, 131, and 133 heading into the postseason. Between six and nine every single time. Oh, my God. Are you serious? And then 2003. That's criminal. Pitch counts in the playoffs. These are high-stress innings in the playoffs against some of the best teams in baseball, right? 133, 116, and 119, and he was great in all three of his postseason outings in 2003. He, he gave up uh, only six runs in 23. So, so he, but, but they, they so just rode him into the ground. Did the Twins, in your mind now, in retrospect with hindsight as your friend, make a mistake? Oh, my God. Because you're talking World Series here, man. You I can't. Do. That's I not do. a light I, honest to God, do. thing to say. It's crazy. And Joe Mauer, like I've been a Joe Mauer. This does not. This is not an indictment on Joe Mauer. Declan's PO'd right now. Mark Pryor, in, in with the benefit of hindsight, and the, again, the Twins weren't when the Twins drafted Joe Mauer. Right, they, I got you. I hear They you. weren't thinking having that they were going to have a World Series window from O two to O four. Like they were hopeful that they had some players coming up. Right, but they didn't. There's no way they would have said, "Gun to the head right now," as you make this draft pick. Are you, is your World Series window going to open up next year? Right. There's no way they would have said that. Although, although this was the 2001 draft. They were one of the best. Maybe I'm wrong here. They were one of the best teams in baseball on June 5th, 2001. Yes. Because they got off to a ridiculously hot start. TK's last year, yeah. So maybe they did see the window opening. So this is going to sound crazy. But I think, because I think the Twins would have won a World Series if Mark Pryor was in their starting rotation, then therefore it was a mistake to draft Joe Maher over Mark Pryor. Man, that's a good hot take. That is a great (laughs) hot take. Declan's not happy about it, but I think it's a great hot take. I mean, it's it's my opinion. Just like my opinion, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pulling me over. Uh, wow. I don't know, man. Hey, there's still a police department to pull you over. <laughs> you guys can How find about me. that? Find me on this, I right? didn't know that we still the, had one. It's all Gadden's son police department. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Okay? Work out of our house. So so you're, you're not going to find, is it fair to say that like 
of all the, the, the punishment. Joe Maurer yeah. has received a lot of punishment from media and fans in this town. And yep. I've been the Joe Maurer, like Mount Rushmore of Joe Maurer defenders. I am George Washington in this town. I just like, yeah. I, I've always stood up for him as a player, as a guy. Uh, just, I, I think he's, I think he's one of the greatest twins of all time. But if you look at the twins, when he, when he first arrived really on the scene in 2005, when he was like, all right, he's healthy, he's ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. From 2005 all the way through the end, they only really had like one or two meaningful playoff pushes. And so like 2006, 2009, 10s, like they had like three really go for it type seasons in his, in the meat of his career as a twins player. Yeah. I'm not really counting. Was he on that wild card team in 17? I can't remember, but like it was, it was basically 06. It was 06. It was 09 and it was 2010. Yep. They really could have used him in 03 and 04, right? Like they needed that extra thing to get over the hump. And he just wasn't ready yet because he was, they drafted him out of high school. So what I'm saying is, in retrospect, Mark Pryor would have given them a better chance to win a World Series in the time that they were most ready to win a World Series. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. I don't know that I, I don't, I'm a little bit more torn than you are probably on if that was a mistake because he did prove as a catcher to be so damn good. Sure. Um, but then of course comes the, other key question after you draft Joe Maurer and you're looking at him and saying, Oh my God, this guy can hit. He is a generationally great player. Should we have him catch? I don't know about that. Okay. That's the next key question. Did the twins make a mistake by not moving Joe Maurer to a different position? Absolutely. Because you would move him now. And, and, and they keep in mind too, at that time, guys were being moved. Biggio started as a catcher with the Astros. They're like, no, 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 no. This ain't going to work. We have seen, but we saw players around that era being moved. Now I think it's almost an, an automatic that you are moved. Um, yeah, I think the Twins made a mistake by not moving him, let's say, with that arm to right field. I probably would have moved him to the outfield and not first base initially. Um, and then had the option later in his career to do exactly what they did do. Uh, but with a guy who can hit like that, with that size and that frame, is it a good idea to have him play what I would guess is arguably the, if not one of the most stressful position in all of pro sports? Yeah. I, be- I believe that the Twins helped expedite Mowers' exit as an elite player. As an elite player. Yeah. By not moving him from catcher. I get that he was a great catcher. But I don't think the trade-off ultimately was worth it. So, yes, I think they made a mistake by not transitioning him to the outfield probably right away. You know, uh, third base would have been a really interesting one because he was a great athlete. Mm-hmm. He you know, he would have played college football. He would have played quarterback. Uh, I think early in his career he was a great base runner who ran well for a catcher too. Yep. You don't have to be lightning fast to play third base, but you got to be quick. Very smart. Yep, like Miguel Sano, not quick enough to play third base, so you move him. Jamar was in good shape. He yep. was quick. He had great hands. I think the reason why catcher was was such an appealing spot for him is because if you have a guy that gets that hits 300 and gets on base at a 400 clip at that position, it just raises the water level of your whole lineup so much because there's only like five or six good hitting catchers in baseball at any given time. The rest of them are just kind of garbage because it's, it's a taxing, physically taxing position. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the Twins were able to run out a catcher that hit at that level for 10 years and still have a first baseman that could hit at an MVP level and still have a Brian Dozier at second base later on in Joe Maurer's career, right? And still have 
Torrey Hunter in center field. Like it makes your lineup so much better. But at the same time, you're limiting what he could have done offensively. He was such a wildly talented offensive player. If he would have played a less taxing position, be it first base, third base, or a corner outfield spot, he would have put up better power numbers. He probably would have hit for even a higher batting average and a higher on base percentage. I love to bring this fact up because it really illustrates how taxing playing catcher is. In the history of baseball, there's like 25 hitters in the 500 home run club. So just going back to the early 1900s, there's about 25 players, a couple dozen players, who've hit 500 home runs in their careers. None of them are catchers, for one. Mm -hmm. Only one catcher ever has hit 400 home runs, and only seven catchers, eight catchers ever, have hit 300 home runs in their career. Wow. So the, the, the 500 home run club has 25 players. The 300 home run club for catchers only includes eight players, and Joe Maurer is not in that club, just so everyone knows. Uh, Ivan Rodriguez, Lance Parrish, Gary Carter, Yogi Berra, Carlton Fisk, Johnny Bench, Mike Piazza is the only one with over 400. And I think that shows you, like, if Yogi Berra had played a different, less taxing position, he's probably in the 500 home run club. If if Johnny Bench, like Johnny Bench is in the five or 600 home run club, but usually you are physically shot at that position by the time you are 29, 30, 31 years old. Running back. And then your numbers drop. It is. It truly it's is. It's the running back of baseball. So you know that you're getting, when you have th- that great of a player at that position, you're getting right. a ton of positional value, but you're also limiting how long their career can be and how great their offensive upside can be. And that's what happened with Joe Maurer. Well, what, what if it's flipped? What if he starts at third base and he wins those four batting titles and he wins an MVP in 09, but then in 2013 he does suffer a significant injury, whether it's a concussion or an ACL, whatever, and his career is then shortened and he's no longer the player he is. Do we look at him as a Hall of Fame player like he is right now? I don't think so. Exactly. We probably don't, but but keep in mind, the concussions were the uh, multitude and the buildup of being hit by foul tips. So like the the way to get him hurt playing third base is a much farther. It's sure. much more difficult. So he didn't get hurt in some fluky, oh, he tore up his knee, you know, rounding second base. He got hurt. Because through the years, he took multiple foul tips, um, which just began to take their toll. So I would say that the odds of him getting hurt significantly and derailing his career, which in, in my mind is pretty much what took place that day against the Mets at Target Field, is a long shot. Um, so I, I think that if he starts, let's say he starts in right or at third base, I think what you have is probably. And, and I don't know if the power changes significantly, but I think what you have is probably Carew's career, if nothing else, mm-hmm. which is which is a what fifteen to twenty year Hall of Fame career where there is not a drop off at all, basically at the plate until maybe the end. I'm glad you brought up Rod Carew's career because there's actually a lot of parallels. They would seem like very opposite players. They play different positions. Uh, they played in different eras. Rod Sweet Carew, swings, man. Yeah, Rod Carew played until he was 40 years old. But un- it, it, the tough part is Joe Maurer's numbers dropped off at the end. It's like Joe Maurer was like a 320 career hitter until the last few years of his career. But right. both were high batting average, batting title guys. Both guys were on-base machines that got on base at near a 400 clip. Um, neither one of them really hit for a lot of power, but both hit a ton of doubles. Yes. Rod Carew had the advantage of also racking up stolen bases in his career, but Joe Maurer had the advantage of playing a more taxing, difficult position at a high level. I think 
I think you're right. If Joe Maurer doesn't play catcher, he probably does hit. He He's probably Tony Gwynn, Rod Crew. He has that sweet swing, those hands. He probably plays until he's 37. He's probably playing now. He's probably yeah. playing until he's 37, he 38 years 20 old, years. just a pure natural hitter. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, and for the record, Joe Maurer in his career as a catcher ranks seventh on the all-time batting average list. Just behind Mike Piazza and some other old guys from the early 1900s, like <laughs> Bubbles Hargrave I and love Bubbles. Bud Davis. Bubbles was hot. I, I watch yeah. Bubbles games. Oh, Bubbles Hargrave out there now. I'm throwing the ball around. W O R all the time now. Fantastic guy. Bubbles Hargrave. Bubbles Hargrave. And and here, so here's my question too. If if you move per, if you move Mauer, and he starts his career at a different position, keep in mind, and he might have driven people absolutely bonkers. AJ Perzinski, for the most part, still had a very productive career after he left here. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not as if you didn't have a catcher. It's not as if you said, "Well, okay, that's fine. We moved Mauer to right field, and now Judd Henry Blanco is catching every day." That's not the case. So you could have moved uh, Joe and swallowed hard and said, yeah, "He's a pain in the ass," but Perzinski can play. And think how long it took them. They they had Koski, but Koski was kind of gone by like two thousand four. Think about how. Many third basemen they ran through. They, you know, Punto was starting at third base for a while in 2006. And Mike Lamb. Mike Whoa. Lamb, Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy. Batista. Brian Busher. God, they've been looking for third baseman. If Joe Maurer had been their third baseman, Brian Kuzinski stays. Where should Brian Busher come from? I love Brian Busher. All right, next What's key the next question. question? Next key question, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, let's go with this one, just plain and simple. Did Joe Maurer live up to the hype? I think the answer, and... My guess is there's a lot of Twins fans who will say, absolutely not, look at the end, okay? I think he did. I think when you put together a career at catcher where, where you become the first catcher first catcher in the American League, I believe, at the time to win a batting title, mm-hmm. I believe only one or two other catchers in the history of baseball in the National League had done that, okay? When you do that, when you put together the 2009 campaign after missing, what, April— and coming back in May, but put together the MVP campaign that he did. When you look at what this guy did in the prime, and this is why I think he is a Hall of Fame catcher. I I think he belongs in Cooperstown based on that body of work. I think that you can fairly say, okay, the first base years weren't great, but if you take, if Joe Maurer uh, gets the foul tip against the Mets and is out and says, you know what, guys, I'm done, I, I think that there's a very good case that Joe Maurer goes into the Hall of Fame as a catcher based on that yeah. portion of his career. I I really believe that it's unfair to say that when you put together statistically what he did, playing the position he did, that he didn't live up to the hype. I think that's completely unfair. I think I, I think he lived up to the hype as well. And I have a, I have an exercise for us. But Declan, do you think he lived up to the hype? A hundred percent. If you look at his war of what fifty five in his career and all the accolades that he did as a number one pick, I mean. Look at all the number one picks that have been bust. There's more of them. There's more of them. There's going to be more people that were bust than what Joe Maurer was able to do. He 100% lived up to his hype. So that's the exercise I want to go through here, which is, and and I'm going to, I'm going to go back like probably eight or 10 years just to get, because Carlos Correa was a number one pick. His career hasn't played out yet. Uh, Most of the guys picked number one overall, like Royce Lewis hasn't even gotten to the major leagues yet. Let's go back to the 2011 draft, Garrett Cole, and let's go back further. Than, like We'll just go back like 15, 20 number one picks. Let's compare Joe Maurer to the other number one overall picks. Did Joe Maurer have a better career than blank? Okay, the other number one picks. Okay. Garrett Cole. Actually, the, the jury's still out I was going to say that's the hard to decide because 
I'm not quite sure on, on Cole. He, so, he could turn out to be a, a great Bronx bomber. So like Bryce Harper, jury still out. Yep. Uh, Steven Strasburg, jury still out. Yep. Uh, all right, let's start with David Price, 2007 number one pick. I think Mowers had a better career. Yeah, Mowers. Yeah, Mowers. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, Luke Hoshevar. Yeah, no. Unless Joe, I'm Luke sure. Hoshevar was a number one pick? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I, I feel oh, like Joe Maurer had like 400 off that guy in his career. <laughs> yeah. I would not be surprised. Okay, Luke yeah. Hoshevar was a large part of the reason why Joe Maurer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Upton. Maurer. Oh, Maurer. Maurer. 100%. These next three are easy. Matt Bush, Delman Young, Brian Bullington. Maurer. Maurer. Okay. Maurer Matt Bush. Maurer. Padres, man. He was supposed to be a hot Michael, shot. Drug problem. Oh, yeah. Interesting career. Yeah. Substance abuse, man. Adrian Gonzalez. Mauer. Mauer. It's Mauer. I like Gonzalez a lot, but it's Mauer. Josh Hamilton. Mauer. Mauer. It should have been Josh. Should have been Josh, but yeah, Mauer. But that's, you know, what happens. Again. Pat Burrell. Mauer. Oh, Pat Mauer. the Bat. Yeah. I, I like Mauer. Pat Burrell, but Mauer. Matt Anderson and Chris Benson. Okay. Mauer. Mauer. Those Mauer. Saints players. No, Chris Benson was uh, the topic by the Pirates. Pirates. An anchor of my rotisserie baseball league team for a few His years. His wife, more famous than him, Anna Benson. Oh, yeah, she was. Like, kind she, of like a, she had some problems. Celebrity. Uh, Darren Erstad, number one pick. Maurer, but Erstad was very, very good. Yeah, yeah Maurer. Paul Wilson, Maurer. Pitcher, right, for the Mets? Right-handed pitcher. Yep. Okay, Maurer. 1993, Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod. Okay, so you finally hit one. A-Rod, and even though he's very tainted and he's kind of a dummy, Alex Rodriguez is out of better It's A-Rod, yep. It's A-Rod. So we got to we got to go back what if to Mauer had done steroids, boys, huh? Maybe he did do steroids what? in then. So we got to go back to 1993. <laughs> can't just throw that out there. Joe was clean. Joe didn't have a lot of bicep definition. Joe was so. Joe's home run totals would have been much different. I don't know. Um, Alex Rodriguez into Phil Nevin, 1992. Another former. Um, That's Joe Mauer. Mauer, but Phil was pretty good. Brian Taylor. Mauer. Brian Taylor got in a fight and derailed his career as a pitcher with the Yankees. Chipper Jones. Uh, Chipper Jones. Chipper. Probably Chipper, Chipper, right? Love yeah. Chipper Jones. Love Chipper. Ben McDonald. Big Ben McDonald. We're, by the way, we're Wait, back you're to... You're like 67, Phil. Well, this is 1989. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. I'm back to 1989. It's, it's, it's Maurer, but Ben McDonald, I, I think, did have a pretty solid career, but it's Maurer. Andy Bennis, 1988. It's Maurer. Ken Griffey Jr., we can all agree, okay. is Ken, Ken Griffey, Griffey Jr., right? So you're on three guys who had better careers. So, uh, Jeff King, B.J. Surhoff, Sean Abner, Tim Belcher, Sean Dunstan, Mike Moore, Daryl Strawberry... I'm back to 1980, and only three players have had three number one overall picks have had better Tim careers. Tim Belcher, than man, twins took him, and he wouldn't sign. They couldn't sign him. Timmy Belcher. All right, next key question. Okay. Yep. If Pryor's presence, if I'm right, the Twins would have won a World Series between 2002 and 2004 with Mark Pryor. Yep. But then his arm blows up, and he never pitches again. Basically, what happened with the Cubs? Yep. Would you take? The short burst success with Mark Pryor. Would you take a World Series win between 02 and 04? Or would you rather have the borderline Hall of Fame career and longevity with Joe Maher from a, from a Twins fan perspective? Oh, I take the World Series every I single time. There's no, there, it's not even a debate. I, great career, great guy, hometown hero. I am taking a World Series I, parade. And I guess if you're framing it as, yeah, you know for a fact you're going to go to a World Series between 2002 and 2004, but I'll give you Joe Maurer and he's going to have a better career and you could win multiple World Series. I'm taking Pryor. I'll take the Pryor bet. So you guys agree with me then? The Twins made a mistake by drafting Joe Maurer no. and Mark Pryor. The, pro, the problem no. is they the were question. never going to pay him. They were never going to pay it. It's not even that, that much salary. money. Think and they got in streaming years? matches with his father, and it all was ugly from the get-go. It was a five-year, 
$2 million a year contract. Did you, did you see who else they passed on, though? Because I believe he broke his ankle playing college baseball that spring, and he was in their top three until then. I think he fell out after that. Mark Teixeira? Mark Teixeira. He was like the number Next. five or six pick yes. overall. Yes, yes. And that, that's actually my question to you boys. If Phil's dreams do come true, and, and the commissioner's trophy, I think it's called that, Ugh. is parading down I-94, and Mark Pryor is in, in the back of the convertible carrying it, where is Joe Maurer playing? So if the Twins pick Teixeira, you're saying? No, Pryor. Saying? No, I'm, oh, I'm saying sorry, if they okay. take Pryor, where is Joe Maurer playing? Because I don't think it's a slam dunk. It's the Cubs. Well, here's the here are the next. I'll just go through the next picks here. It's a disaster. Joe Maurer, Mark Pryor, <laughs> and Mark Teixeira were like the only good players out of this draft. This yeah. is what happens. Jeremy Bonderman was 26. Was, was David Wright in that draft? Uh, he was not in this draft. I don't think. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. He was a, he was the 38th overall pick. Jeez. So David Wright. Did the Twins make a mistake by not taking David Wright? <laughs> Turns out he had some back issues and stuff too, right? Yeah. Yes. So Maurer prior to the Cubs. And then the Rays took Dewan Brazelton. Yes. A oh, right-handed totally. pitcher. Yeah, great guy. The Phillies took Gavin Floyd. Yeah. You guys remember him? Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. I think my, he played, pitched for the White Sox. One of my mini irrational hatreds. Can't stand him. You're really, you can't stand Gavin Floyd. Can't stand Gavin. Yeah, I can't stand most of any player that pitched for the Tigers or White Sox from 2006 to 2011. Get over okay. it. Get over it. So Jeremy, anyway, yeah, sorry. It's another. Episode. The Rangers took Mark Teixeira. Yep. Then it was Expos. These are all busts. Like Josh Carp. Baltimore Orioles took Chris Smith. The Pirates took John Van Benshooten. Do you know Great who? Name. Do you know who I think takes Joe? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a pretty poorly run organization in 2001, though. Yeah. And they were looking for pitching. Yeah, that might be true. I was going to say it because they would have loved the fact that he wouldn't have broke the bank. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to find other teams like that. The Royals at nine could have taken Joe Maurer. I don't think where, he did. How about the Brewers at 12? Yeah. Where did where did St. Louis hmm. pick? I feel like Joe Maurer would have a whole long-lasting career in St. Louis. The, the, <laughs> Rami's going to come Oh, out. yeah. No, I can Ra- hear him. Rami's going to come already drive line. to the studio and kill yeah. you. Yeah. St. Louis drafted late in the first round. They drafted that's a, too a late. named Justin Perry. I think Maurer sure. goes top 10 for sure, and my guess is top five for sure. Yep. So, all right. Uh, last key question for you guys here. If Maurer had stuck with football and gone to, a hot, to, to Florida State, what would have happened? How good of a quarterback would he have been? Would he have played the NFL? Could he have stayed healthy? Because if he could have stayed, let's just assume. Probably not. Let's assume for the sake of the conversation that he could have stayed healthy. I think he would have been a fantastic college quarterback. I think he would have played in the National Football League. And with that athletic ability and that size, I think he would have been damn good. Now, now I will come back to because he had injury problems in baseball starting, as you pointed out, Phil, in 2004. I don't know that he could have stayed on the field either at Florida State or in the NFL. But if we're going to just assume that he would have, I think he would have been a really, really good, solid quarterback who could have had success and possibly led, and possibly led the Purple to Super Bowl. I think, I think health is the biggest question. I think he would have been like a... I don't know. Now I'm doing like a like the white guy quarterback. You know, Joe Flacco? Thing. Are you about to say Joe Flacco? Well, he does look a little bit like Joe Flacco. That's I was going to say like a Matt Ryan. Yeah, he would have been like a Matt Ryan. That's damn good. He's that's a won an MVP. But I don't. Here's that's the problem. A good ceiling at, at at that position. I think you have to be kind of an alpha leader guy. It's really like think about the top quarterbacks in the NFL's history: the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the just anyone you could think. Of. Pat Mahomes right now. Yep. These are guys that people gravitate to in a room that will call people out. Yep. That have sort of an True. alpha personality. True. 
And Joe has, even even as the leader in that clubhouse, Joe was always more, I don't know if beta is the right word, but he was just more reserved. And he was yeah. like, he wasn't going to be the rah-rah guy. And he wasn't going to get, I, I can't envision right. him before an NFL game doing the Drew Brees thing where it's like, okay, get everyone riled up, you know? Oh, geez, guys, let's go win a game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure Drew's going to be listened to now as much. That's uh you know what? That's an in- interesting talker because you might be right there. Because Joe definitely... Joe never seemed to, at least from what we saw, uh, have much control of things in that clubhouse. Now, I will say that you certainly heard stories, and it was pretty evident in his last year when he became emotional about it, that guys, that he did do some things to take control. I guess I'm just talking more from an athletic standpoint and and quarterback standpoint on the field. Off the field, you're probably right. I will say this. If you had plopped Joe Maurer in, into a Vikings jersey the year that they took Christian Ponder and said, pick, Joe Maurer, better quarterback. You're better, saying better at that pro, exact yeah, moment. At that exact moment, Joe Maurer, better pro quarterback. I don't disagree with that. You're saying like having I'm played saying, no level above high I'm school. saying if Joe Maurer had showed up at Winter Park the day that Ponder <laughs> was introduced from Florida State, right? That's a great hot take. As their, as their first-round pick, and Joe had, had been like, Listen, young man, why don't you take a seat? I am now the quarterback of this team. <laughs> I think Joe Maurer steps in immediately, then not having played quarterback, and is a better pro quarterback with the Vikings than Christian Ponder ever was. The athletic ability is not close. I agree. I agree. All right, let's actually let's let's wrap this episode with Royce and get his thoughts on Joe Maurer prior. Minnesota Sports Rewind with Mackie and Judd here. With that, I congratulate Joe, his family, and everybody involved in his youth and and anybody that's ever touched this young man in any of the sports that he's played, they've certainly done a wonderful job, and I'd like to introduce to you Joe Maurer. All right, Pat, we're doing this Minnesota Sports Rewind episode on the 2001 draft in which the Twins uh, took Joe Maurer instead of Mark Pryor, and I told I told these guys, as much as I am I am on the Mount Rushmore of Joe Maurer defenders, I am George Washington over these past 10 years, but I think... I think Mark Pryor pushes the Twins to a World Series between 2002 and 2004, and therefore, by that logic, it was the wrong decision to draft Joe Maurer over Mark Pryor. Your thoughts? Well, uh, they were. Uh, I think there was a financial consideration for sure because I, I, the Pryor family, you know, the old man tried to do everything he could to dissuade the Twins from drafting him. So. They did not. Uh, they didn't want. For some reason, they did not want uh, the Twins to draft uh, draft him. Number one, I think we all kind of uh, criticized them when they uh, took Joe and said. Uh, but that also was old one, and we weren't really sure that we were seeing a uh, World Series contender in the making. They were playing well, obviously, in June of two thousand one, but they were also coming off eight straight losing seasons. And I would say, in retrospect, uh, you can't claim that they would have won a World Series with Pryor. So I would, I would, I would go with the Joe pick. So that, that in, in retrospect, I think I probably wrote something saying they should take Pryor, and I think I was wrong. So, take that, Mackie. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm not saying that Joe's. I, I'm not saying Phil's theory is uh, wrong. I'm just saying that. Uh, in retrospect, I think they made the right choice. So, do you think Patrick? I, who knows? With with Pryor, once his arm went dead, uh, I mean, would have the decade would would have 04 to 2010 been as good without Maurer? I don't think so. 
Yeah, but but do do the, the twins handling a prior cause his arm to go as dead as Dusty Baker? Phil, Phil went through the pitch counts of prior in Chicago. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Mind-boggling. Yeah, the, it's like 130, 120, 130 <laughs> pitches every game for like three months to end that season in 03. Hey, they were trying to win your World Series that you're talking about. I know. Guardy so, uh, doesn't let him go 130, though, I don't think. I don't <laughs> I think he went 130. He doesn't. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, you guys are uh, – you rarely do this, but I think you're uh, – you know, engaging in some speculation. <laughs> well, that is. Are wait you, a second. What type of speculation, rarely, Pat? Rare, rarely happens. That Fryer wouldn't have thrown as many pitches, so that his arm wouldn't have blown out, so then the Twins would have uh, won. Reckless speculation. <laughs> Reckless retrospective <laughs> speculation. <laughs> you got to get a new Manny Hill cut <laughs> from a long time ago. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was uh, – it was a hell of a draft, wasn't it? When you look at some of the mediocre, lousy, when you look at a draft where Adam Johnson gets picked third, uh, compared to this one, this was, a uh, this was, you know, Deshera was there. And, uh, you, you could also make a case maybe they should have taken him, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. David Wright was a, was a late first round pick in that draft. No, but, but, but who else was, uh, those were the three the main guys at the top. It was mostly, it was because Dewan Brazelton yeah, went third. More, yeah. Brazelton was mentioned a lot, and the Twins actually liked him a lot. But uh, uh, there's there's somebody else. I thought there was another one, like a Jeremy Jeremy Bonderman was in the first round of that draft. Yeah, yeah, that was a hell of a draft. So, uh, but uh, you know, Joe turned out uh, okay. Oh, Bobby I, Bobby Crosby, remember him, the shortstop of the future for the Oakland days? Vaguely, yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, what? Spoiler: what He would turned out to not be the shortstop <laughs> of the future. Yeah. And let's debate that next. <laughs> Bobby Crosby, where is he now? <laughs> I'd forgotten until I read the script today that the first Twins first ever first ever draft choice. I remember when they took Eddie Leone and they didn't sign him. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, a start that Calvin didn't like the fact that these guys were asking for money to sign. What the hell? Draft started when Patrick late sixties. Well, Rick Mundy was the first ever uh selection i think rick monday so 65 65 okay 66, something like that wasn't it was i think 65 or 6 uh, and boy now i i've, I've you, you you usually put should put in there i think rick monday was the first pick instead of rick monday was the first pick i'm uh, I, I that's my recollection Anyway, but I was in St. Cloud then, and I was drinking, so maybe I forget. Yes, yeah, so hold on, I'll check it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time, and clearly he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.